0: Good morning, River City Church family. It's good to see each and every one of you this morning. And if you're a guest with us today, thanks so much for being here. It means a lot that you've taken the time to come and worship and be with us this morning. It really does. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Alan. I'm the executive pastor here at River City Church. And I'm honored and I'm thrilled and I'm blessed to be able to carry on a teaching that we started last week called Disqualified. That's what qualifies you. And if you weren't here last week, I would strongly encourage you to... uh, Listen to Antley's message as he kicked off this series. It was a great teaching, a powerful teaching, so I'd really encourage you to to do that. I know that uh, if we're truly honest with ourselves, and I mean really, really brutally honest with ourselves, that we would admit that there are areas in our lives where we would characterize them or describe them as inadequate, deficient. Unworthy perhaps the phrase that we would use would be that we don't measure up, that in some sense, we feel like failures, we feel like fools, we feel like hypocrites, if we're truly honest with ourselves. And we may use different words to describe uh, this disqualification that we feel, this state of being disqualified. It may be sin, it may be weaknesses. It may be brokenness. It may be suffering. It may be pain. But whatever word we use, God wants to meet us in that state of being disqualified. He wants us to take our disqualification and bring it to His love, where His love will qualify it, will qualify us. More importantly, will transform and heal us. And so, as we continue this morning, Let us be mindful that as we sang that song, and that's what I want to focus on, just how radically and relentlessly and passionately God loves us this morning. So let's pray. Father, we say that our mission statement is joining you, participating with you, coming alongside of you, joining you in awakening people to your love. To the transforming presence and power of your love. And Lord, I pray that wherever we find ourselves this morning, whatever the circumstance, whatever the pain, whatever the background noise there is, that we would be awakened to your love in a fresh and new way. Lord, I don't want to come with wise and persuasive words this morning. I simply just want to come in the power of your Spirit. And Lord, I pray that your Spirit would speak to us. You know exactly what we need to hear this morning. You know what we long for. You know what we crave for. And I pray that in your love, in whatever shape, way, or form it comes, that it would come uniquely and specifically to us and meet us at our point of need, and that we'd leave this place changed, different than when we came in. For we pray these things in Jesus' name, amen. One of my uh, favorite authors, he's a thought-provoking author, yes, Richard Rohr, he writes these words, most of us were taught that God would love us if and when we change. In fact, God loves us. You, so that you can change. What empowers change, what makes you desirous of change, is the experience of love. It is that inherent experience of love that becomes the engine of change. I'd like us to do a little exercise this morning. There is this statement We can put it up on the screen, which is I am blank. I am blank. What I'd like you to do right now, in the next few brief moments, is to yourself how would you fill that blank? What word or couple of words would you use to fill that blank? It could be I am stressed, I'm clueless. You may even use the word, I'm effed up, in whatever form you use that word. And what I mean, it could be filled up, (laughs) it could be freaked out, or it could be some other colorful words that you use. It could be that I'm joyful, it could be that I'm excited, it could be that I'm, I'm scared and I'm afraid. What's the word that you would put in there? Think about it for a few moments and be very honest, be very real with yourself. What is that word or two that you could put in there? For me, there's a couple of words. As I was thinking about this, I thought I'd put, I'm distracted. I'm preoccupied. You know, stress is in my life and I've just got so much going on in my head. I can spin millions and millions of plates inside this brain of mine. But sometimes it just gets too crazy and the plates start falling and breaking and cracking. A couple of weeks ago, actually less than a couple of weeks ago, I think it was last week, <laughs> I came home. I'd gone for a workout and was coming home. It's my day off. Uh, it was a beautiful day, sunny day, not a cloud in the sky. I walk into our house and the power's off. The power's completely off. And I go, that's kind of odd. So I call Gloria and Michaela. Uh, they're out and I say, hey, when you guys were at the house not too long ago, was the power on? And they said, yeah, the power was on. So I go down to the breaker box. You know, I'm looking at the JEA website and going, nothing going on here. Talk to a neighbor. And I say, is your power off? I mean, it's, it's weird. So what I do is I, well, I'm going to call JEA. So I call JEA, and I finally get through. And I talk to the agent. And the agent says, you know, what's your, what's your account number? And they said, oh, your your bill is in arrears and we cut your power off your your power just got cut off like 15 minutes ago and i went you got to be kidding you're joking right because i i never never miss a bill and here i'd missed two two months so it's kind of like those days you know you open the cupboard door to want to put the milk in and it's like no that's not the fridge So the distraction and and the the confusion. And so I would put that there. I am preoccupied. I am distracted. But it was interesting as I was uh, in worship, God just kind of spoke to me. And I said, were you trying to tell me something in that whole scenario, in that story? And he said, Alan, and this is for everybody. I've paid the bill. The bill's been paid. The power will never be cut off in your life. It just never will. It's there for you to access and made available to you. My love, my grace, my mercy, I've paid every bill. Every bill's been paid. Now, the word that you put in there, or the couple of words that you put in there, my sense would be that it's probably not an exciting word, a word that really catches you. Some of you, I'm sure, and I don't want to deny that, man, I'm excited, I'm thrilled, I'm courageous, I'm bold. But I would imagine that most of us, if we shared, that we would find that we are probably heavily populated on the side of some challenging words, uh, some discouraging words, words that make us feel disqualified, unqualified in some shape, way, or form. I'd like to bring us to to the story of Moses real quickly. And you'll remember Moses, he was a he was a shepherd, and God called him to lead uh, the people of Israel out of slavery. And God shows up, and he says, I want you to lead. This is what I want you to do. And then this is how Moses responds to God He says, Oh, my Lord, I am not eloquent either in the past. Or since you have spoken to your servant. But I am, and he wouldn't do it in English, he would do it in Hebrew. But I can imagine, and I'm not being humorous in any way, but I can imagine him saying these words to God. He says, I am slow of speech and, 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 and of tongue. That's what he says. I am slow of speech, and of tongue. I'm not adequate. I'm not qualified. You don't want me doing this, Lord. And this is what God says. He says a lot, but this is what I want us to see that he says to him this morning. Go, and I will be your mouth, and I will teach you what you shall speak. Some of us today, whatever... Is in our lives. I am. Whatever that is. Give it to God and allow God to come into your life and say, that's A okay because that is exactly where I want you to be because it is in that weakness, it is in that place that I am going to manifest my strength and use you in ways that you can't even begin to dream of. He'll even use sin, but he'll use it sinlessly. And in that context, there's something pretty profound that happens when Moses is experiencing God and having this conversation with God. God reveals himself as what? How does he reveal himself to Moses? Moses says, who who, who shall I say is sending me? And God says, I am. I am. And when he describes himself as I am, he's describing himself as not someone that was, someone that will be, but someone that is, that I am the sovereign love over all, the beginning and the end, and I transcend the beginning and the end. I am over all. I am. And if I were to fill in a blank after that, and he doesn't, but if I were to fill in a blank, there is one word that just supersedes all words. All words. And that is to describe God is I am. I am love. I am love. And when you come with your I am statement, whatever it is, and you encounter the great I am who is love, and you come before him and you experience him, you walk away with a new tag, with a new word, and that is I am. What do you think it is? I am loved. I am Loved, And when we come to that place of capturing that experience existentially, relationally, in all ways, that I am loved in the midst of my pain, in the midst of my disqualifications, in the midst of it all, God will transform us and use us in significant and in powerful ways. Jesus says that by, at least through the prophet Isaiah, that by his wounds you will be healed. I think there is a place that when we allow our wounds and our pain to come to God, that he uses those wounds to heal others in your own life. The wounds that you think disqualify you, the wounds that make you feel insecure, Uh, The wounds that you put protective mechanisms around, you don't want anyone to know. Just like Jesus was wounded and ultimately heals us through the work on the cross. But we all have wounds that disqualify us. But my bet is that he wants to take those wounds and convert them and transform them and radicalize them for his kingdom in a way that you will bless others. That's the only kind of economy that a God could create. Every other economy just, it, I mean, that kind of economy in any other economy doesn't make sense. You want to live? Die. You want to be free? Be a servant. You want to truly live? Truly, truly live? Give up your life. I'd like us to read these words from the Apostle Paul in Second Corinthians. Uh, great words. Great words. This is Paul. He says, such is the confidence that we have through Christ toward God, that we are not sufficient in ourselves to claim anything as coming from us. But our sufficiency is from God, who has made us competent to be ministers of the new covenant, not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. How do we get to that place of knowing that we are anchored and established in love and out of that place feel like, yes, we are competent ministers and that we are ministers of the new covenant and that we can not only experience love and embody love, but begin to express it and deliver it and channel it and spread it to where love is not. We've had some conversations uh, as, as staff uh, over the years since I've been here. And, and these types of conversations have obviously preceded my time here, but it's always this question of, yeah, we, we prioritize God's love. We, we focus on God's love, and we will continue to do that. The love of God is preeminent and we will champion that, and we will fight for that, and we will die on that mountain of God's love. But we often think, well, sometimes some people abuse God's love. You know, kind of cheap grace. Or it's like they forget God's love, and they discipline themselves so much that they're over here in in the law. And it's kind of what I call this, this pendulum swing that we find ourselves often going on a ride. With. And that's, and God's love is here. And it's like we taste it and we experience it, but something happens. Life circumstances. It's like, God, where are you? Something's not happening. You're frustrating me. And so we go, well, I'm going to go over here, swing the pendulum over this way and kind of camp out in, in the law. I'm going to, it's all about rules, it's about regulations, I'm going to read my Bible, I'm going I'm to pray so much, I'm going to give so much, and on and on and on and on and on and on the list goes on. And, and, and there's, like, there's, there's, there's a place for that, but it's like we, we swing over here and say, by golly, I'm going to get through this, I'm going to break through this, I'm going to tr- be transformed if I just do these things. But in that moment, you've got to realize that, as Paul says, the letter kills, the law kills. That kind of lifestyle brings death. It'll never, never bring life. Jesus is there with you and he says, look, you've made my burden so heavy, my yoke so dense, my burden is light, my yoke is not heavy. Embrace that. And it's like, okay, I get it. And then we swing and it's like, oh, we experience God's love, but then some of us go, whoop. There it was. And then we swing over here and it's like freedom. Like we can do whatever we want. God loves me, but it doesn't matter if I look at pornography. It doesn't matter if I drink till I'm just totally passed out and just lost it or I am whatever addiction, whatever. You shop or you, you get so consumed with a hobby. You just swing over here and it's like licentiousness. It's just like there's no gravity. You've escaped the gravity of love. And then that doesn't work. You feel unqualified, and you feel distressed, and then you swing over here. It's like, oh, there's God's love, but then we swing over here. And it's just like this pendulum swing, back and forth, back and forth. And some of you hung out so long in one area that once you detach, there is so much momentum there, ready to... But how do we get established, rooted, and grounded in God's love. And I've wrestled with this, and I continue to wrestle with it, because it's not something that is guided or regulated like the law. It ain't. And it ain't something that's regulated like lawlessness and do whatever you want. There's something beautiful, powerful about God's love and resting in it. That's what I love about us just worshiping. We just worship and we just sit in in worship and God ministers to us and speaks to us in his love. Or we come up for prayer ministry time. It's like all we want to do is just simply minister God's love to people. That's what it boils down to. And and, and some of us struggle with, "I, I, I I need to define it. I need to label it. I need to understand it. It'll be a challenge for us. I'd like to close with these words. Uh, there's so much more that I, that I could say. It was a message that I, I wrestled with this week. Could have gone there, could have gone there, could have gone there, could have gone this way. Praying with God, wrestling with him. But I think that ultimately what God wants us to simply hear is that you're loved. And that nothing can change that. I'd like us to put up 1 Corinthians uh, 13, 4-8. As I was praying through this, I mean, it's a passage that we've gone to so many times. It's a passage that is used in weddings. It's a passage that's put on so many Hallmark cards, you just can't count them. But my sense is, as I was praying, it was like God was saying, these are my vows to each and every one of you. And so I want to read these words and say a few things about some of the words, and then I want us to move into a time of receiving God's love and experiencing God's love in prayer. Does that sound like a plan? (laughs) Love is patient. And this is God saying to you. He's coming to you, and he's saying, I am patient. The woman caught in adultery, we talked about that as a staff. It's like Jesus says, I condemn you not, but go and sin no more. What if she came back again and had sinned? What would Jesus say? I condemn you not, go and sin no more. What if she came back again? I condemn you not, go and sin no more. What if she did that 565 times? God would have said, I condemn you not, go and sin no more. 565 times because he is so patient love is not impatient love is not impatient love is patient he's going to wait for you he's going to wait for you he's going to wait for you and he's right there beside you in the muck in the mire whatever you want to call it that you feel disqualifies you he's sitting right there and he's saying i'm here and i'm here for the long haul and i ain't budging and i ain't moving He's patient. He's kind. He's kind. One of my favorite scriptures in Romans, your kindness leads us to repentance. It's not God's anger. It's not God's justice. It's his kindness that leads us to repentance. He doesn't envy. God doesn't boast. He's not proud. He does not dishonor you. He's not self-seeking. He's other-seeking. He's seeking after you. He's not easily angered. He keeps no record of wrongs. I mean, think about that for a moment. He absolutely keeps no records of wrongs. That just blows me away. He doesn't delight in evil. No, he doesn't like it when, when evil happens or when sin happens because he knows that it's destructive to you. But he rejoices with the truth. He wants truth to come in your life, truth that sets you free. And that truth is ultimately Jesus. It always protects. I wrestle with that because there are times that I go, God, I don't think you protected me in that situation. But he says, I always protect. I do. Even in those moments when you feel like you were not protected in some weird, mysterious, sovereign way, I was protecting you. I was there. I always trust. I trust you. That's mind-blowing. He always hopes. He always perseveres. Because at the end of the day, love will never, never, never fail. Let's stand. I'm going to close us off, lead us off in, in a word of prayer. And for those of you who are new to River City Church, again, we're so excited that you're here. We're glad that you're here. What we do is the final part of our service is that... We just want to create the space for you to respond. But whatever God is doing, whatever the spirit of God was doing with you, in you, through you, that we want to create that space to respond. And simply it could be just staying where you're at and just allowing it to soak it in and allow God to continue to speak to you and have his way. Another way is just simply coming forward, just simply coming forward around this stage and just simply standing somewhere, opening your hands. And we'll have prayer ministers come up and they'll just make their way through and they'll pray for all of you. Pray for each and every one of you. And what they ultimately want to do is to simply say, God, what is it that this person needs to experience your love in a tangible way right now? And to wait and to wait and to wait. And if God shares something with that prayer minister, gives them a picture, they want to share that with you. But well, we just want to love on you. We just simply want to love on you. And, and if you're sitting down and you just want to sit, sit. If you just want to stand, worship uh, will continue as we go through this time. So use this space. Respond. Allow God to touch you so that you can leave this place in a greater way, knowing that I am loved. So, Father, we just surrender ourselves to you right now. We pray, Father, that your spirit would just continue to work, continue to have your way fully and completely. Lord, we don't want to rush off. Super Bowl's not until later tonight. We'll get to it. Uh, Father, we just want to experience your love. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, continue to have your way. Continue to let your love reign. Continue to let your love flow throughout this place and touch people's hearts and people's minds. So, come forward. Come forward, And if the uh, music team uh, can come forward as well, they'll just continue to lead us in worship. But if you're at that place that uh, I need to leave this place knowing in a more real and tangible way that I am loved, and that whatever you filled in that statement with earlier on, that you would just be able to bring it to God and allow him to transform it and to change it in a way that just simply is beyond what you could have ever imagined. So if the people could come forward for prayer, simply put your hands out. Prayer ministry team people, if you could come and just begin uh, to pray for people.